1: to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. Uh, Today's cool fact of the day is that gravity isn't the same everywhere on Earth. It sounds kind of crazy, unless you're into gravity kind of stuff. But it's because gravity is proportional to mass and there's less land mass in certain parts of the earth, like the Hudson Bay area of Canada, or those places basically have less gravity. And does that mean you're stronger in Hudson Bay because you don't have to resist as much gravity to lift things? It either means you're stronger or it means you're weaker because you have less resistance, but technically there is a difference. And aside from that, just kind of cool fact of the day. There are things like the Global Coherence Initiative, where they're measuring the magnetic field of the Earth that also varies dramatically. So we like to think we live on this perfect sphere, but it's actually kind of a misshapen thing with little dips and peaks and valleys. And we are magnetic and electrical and photonic and chemical beings, and you can't do just one of those. And the pharmaceutical industry historically kind of taught us, going back 150 years, that we're all really just chemical, and that is not correct. You, you can't do, be just one of those things. You're all of those things at the same time. And you can do things like use lasers in order to completely change what's going on. That's light based, but something happens in your mitochondria. You make more energy. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. I'm sitting here with uh, Dr. Mark, and if you're a first-time listener, I'll tell you who Dr. Mark is in a minute. But Mark, describe how I look. Uh, You look as though you have a big spider sitting on your head,
2: and its legs are kind of hooked around you. That's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is actually you have a EEG on your head which picks up brainwave patterns and then feeds into a machine and helps you to train your brain.
0: It
1: could be one of those things. I, I like to call it biohacker chic, and this is the new fashion that I'm looking to do. I'm, I'm going to try and walk through uh, the, the TSA security wearing this hat. I'm <laughs> yeah. kidding. I probably won't do that, even though it would be perfectly legal and safe. What this is, if, if you can watch this, it's cool. It's actually a 3D-printed 24-channel uh, neurofeedback device. So instead of squirting electrode goop into your hair, which really is crappy because mm-hmm. you have to wash your hair, it has little tiny spider-like thingies inside it that each have their own amplifier. So I can get clinical-grade signals off my head in about one minute instead of about 15 minutes and washing my hair later. This lets me pretty much every night, if I want to, spend about 45 minutes doing neurofeedback, working on my brain in a way that meditation simply never will. So this is a one of those things. This is the future. And I'm working really hard with all the biohacking things I do. I'm actually working on a new book about this as well uh, in order to take these things that are expensive, that are hard to find, that are esoteric, show why they work, show how they work. The research is already done. You just haven't heard about it. Bring the world experts in, talk about it, and then make it accessible so that your kids, when they're in school, there's no excuse for any child getting out of school without having had their brain scanned on an EEG, so the kids can actually have more control of their own brain. It's not about us controlling someone else's brain. It's about you controlling your own brain. Like, life is the struggle to have that control. Well, I'll be damned if I'm not going to cheat. Okay, let's get going. Today is one of our Q&A things. These are some of my favorite episodes, and we record these live whenever possible with Dr. Mark Atkinson, who is the head of the Bulletproof Coaching Program and our Bulletproof Medical Director. Uh, Mark has years of experience as a British uh, physician and a leader in the personal transformation movement. Uh, so, Mark, uh, I'm always happy when you can come into Bulletproof Labs. It's convenient yep. that you're on Vancouver Island with me. It sure is. Let's take some questions from listeners. Okay, yep. So, first, um, we've got a
2: video question from Susan from Bulletproof.
1: Hi, Dave. This is Susan. Hope you're doing great. I was wondering if I could only get hair testing or blood testing, which one you would do first and why? Wait a minute. This is rigged. That was my cousin, Susan. I know her voice. That actually was my cousin, I swear. What, do you know it? Was it? I think it's Susan. Yeah. The, uh, Susan, it? I caught you. Uh, All right. <laughs> she, she could have just asked me. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, Susan, uh, thanks for asking. Mm. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, she was at the conference and so were her parents, my uncle and aunt. So what do you think? I, I mean, I, I have yeah, I have thoughts about it. What, what, why don't you go through
2: this? You're a functional medicine yeah, guy. Yeah, this is, uh, so some basic principles is be really clear about what it is you want to test and why. Yeah. What's, what's the ultimate goal? There's absolutely a role for blood testing, urine testing, hair testing, saliva testing. Depends on what you want to look at. You know, um, for me, hair testing can be Quite useful for looking at mineral levels in the body, yeah, and also
1: looking for methyl mercury excretion as well. And, and just for all of you in America, methyl is the same as methyl. Just sort of, <laughs> just giving you crap. Sorry, keep translating. <laughs> and we took the lorry to the loo. Uh, anyway, go ahead.
2: Um, so it has has its role to play, but you get into trouble if you just look at hair. Yeah. For example, around mercury, you need to look at hair you need to look at urine and you need to look at blood to look at all three different angles. Because you can say, well, there's no mercury in my hair, therefore I don't have mercury. No, you're just not excreting murthry, um, yeah. lethal mercury, which mm-hmm. actually means that's more concerning if you're not excreting it. Yeah. So hair has its place. I'm a real big fan of, of blood testing because um, there's some core blood parameters really most of us need to know yeah, on a regular basis. The core bulletproof ones around inflammation, right?
1: Like, will you just list those real quick?
2: Yeah, exactly, of course. So uh, I want to know vitamin D level as a, as a bare minimum. HSCOP is a mark, sense of marker of inflammation, should be under 3, Prefl B1. Uh, you need to have a CBC count. You need to know what your liver kidney function is. It's a good idea to know what your cholesterol triglycerides are doing homocysteine, toxic amino acid. If you have methylation problems, methylation is a biochemical process that converts chemicals from one form to another. A lot of people have problems with that. That shows yeah, up I as do. detoxification problems. Mm-hmm. It means you're very sensitive to perfumes, to smokes, um, you know, to mold, fumes, that kind of thing. So you want that as a pretty
1: core kind of um, set of blood tests to do. There's one more on the Bulletproof list that I think wasn't in there. Uh, LPPLA2. And this is a a marker of of damage to the protein that lines your blood vessels. And a lot of people are like, oh, my goodness, my LDL went up. But it doesn't always. Some people, LDL goes down the the cholesterol that's allegedly bad cholesterol, which apparently it isn't unless it's oxidized. But if your cholesterol levels, whatever they are, and they vary by person to person, there is Mm -hmm. no magic safe number, what will happen then is you'll see results of bad cholesterol, which is oxidized, damaged cholesterol. So if that happens... Uh, then you're going to see LPPLA two go up. So if you're yep. like, "Oh, my cholesterol's is twenty, my doctor says I have to go on drugs. It's the end of the world. But you I haven't. get this all
2: yeah. the time, all this time. So yeah. someone starts introducing um, healthy fats into the diet, and they say, "Wow, my cholesterol's going up." You know, my LDL cholesterol is going up. They say that's not what counts. Mm-hmm. What counts is oxidized LDL, right. OXLDL. It's an expensive test, so you know it doesn't come by that easy. And also particle size as well, because mm-hmm. what happens is, is you introduce healthy fats. Um, the number of large, fluffy LDL particle numbers go up. Mm-hmm. So that increases your LDL number, but that's okay, because they're not associated with cardiovascular problem. But actually, the dense LDL particles that SD-LDL. are associated, they go down mm-hmm. when you increase your fat. So... Typically.
1: And typically. There's, there's probably people who have the exact opposite reaction. They're yeah. just unusual,
2: right? Yeah. So about 10 15% of the population have the paradoxical response, mm-hmm. which is actually where it goes the other way which is why, particularly if you're committed into your performance and to biohacking, you've got to monitor this. Right. Because how can you know what, what impact a specific interventions having on your physiology without doing that? Other really important things is saliva testing as well, particularly for cortisol levels, yep. DHEA, uh, urine testing for thyroid function, you know, um, uh, metabolites, of, which give a good indication of uh,
1: levels of metabolism in the body. And also hormone levels in urine as well. So on on the, the question, you know, hair versus blood, I don't think there's a fair answer without you, you knowing can't. what it is. But I I do know for hair testing, it's been kind of poo-pooed by the, the toxic metal yeah. crowd. However, an intelligent interpretation of, of a hair test, you might not see mercury coming out if you have high mercury. And I know I did have high mercury. I had to get chelated for mm. it years ago. It was mm. part of the variety of things that were going on with me. And what is, I would say, the definitive test is you take an agent that makes you excrete mercury if it's in your tissues, yeah. and then you pee into a jar for 8 or 24 hours, uh, and might be a big jar, <laughs> and yeah. then you take a sample of that, and then you know, okay, mm-hmm. there was mercury in my tissues, I made my body let it go, now it's out. Yeah, That's really a strong standard. Yeah. But what you can tell from a hair test is mm-hmm. your ratio of copper and zinc is going to be seriously jacked even if there's no mercury present. So mercury can send a signal that perturbs other metals. Absolutely. But you have to really know how to interpret one of these things. So it's cheap, though, which is why I like it. It's kind of cheap, but don't interpret yourself. Yeah, you got to work with the doctor. you you got to work with a functional integrated
2: medical doctor in this. And also, listen, you know, when you think of testing, is like you've got to strip it back to, you know, particularly when you work with a clinician, there's history examination, you know, um, doing you know questionnaires on neurotransmitter imbalances, hormone imbalances, it, it's got to be well considered because what, and I see this all the time, someone will order their own kind of blood test, they'll freak out about it, and, <laughs> and it's not in context. And you know what, really, it's 90% of the time it's best done in conjunction with a clinician who can just see the bigger picture, make sense of it, reassure you, because I see a lot of people, particularly those with a lot of anxiety around health, they're constantly yeah. doing blood tests. They're freaking out, um, sometimes for good reasons, sometimes not for good reasons. So so do work with
1: someone with a functional integrative medicine background. Yeah. The other thing I think is is very reasonable is to say, look, I'm going to set a budget. Right? Yeah. It, it's entirely possible. And, and I did this. There was a time when it actually created marital stress uh, after I lost my $8 million. This is going back a long time ago. Where I'm like, the most important thing in in life is actually life. So, like, I, I want to mm. perform well. I want to feel good. And I, mm. I actually feel like crap a lot of the time. Mm. And I've, I've done so much, but I, I feel like I don't have my energy back. You know, I've lost some weight. I've gotten somewhat better. But, like, it's still not right. And, mm. and I just knew it. So, I'm like I'm happy to spend $1,000 a month. Mm. I ended up spending $300,000. Yeah. Uh, and, like, I guess that's, like, a couple car payments. So yeah. I'll just drop my old car, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I still drive a pickup truck, right? <laughs>
0: mm,
1: yeah. <laughs> so that kind of thing, you can say, look, I want to spend $500 on lab tests. And you go to your mm. functional medicine person, and you say, all right, I have 500 bucks. Help me allocate this most effectively. That's right. And, and that is not a conversation that a lot of people mm. have. And there's two kinds of doctors. Mm. One says, I have no idea how much this costs because I work with insurance companies. Mm. And then, okay, oops. There's another kind of doctor who says, you know what, a lot of my patients just pay direct because they get an 80% discount when they don't use insurance companies. I like this lab, I like that lab, uh, I don't like that lab, this one's cost effective and here I have a coupon for that one. And that second kind of doctor, that's the functional medicine doctor who's probably the one you want to work with yeah, because they're more holistic in their approach and because they're going to help you stretch your dollar further. Yeah. Uh, but the bottom line is, your your basic inflammation panel, you gotta get that from blood. Yeah. Hair test, if you're worried about metals, is the most cost effective but the least accurate one, I would say. Yeah. But it's cost effective. Yep. Yeah. Right. And it's also there's no needles, there's no blood draw. You don't have to like inject things and pee. Mm. Uh, it, it can it can be complex and annoying. But if you have all the symptoms of metal and you've you've eliminated some other things, it's totally worth oh, the The
2: provocation test for, for, for mercury and other heavy metals is hugely important because mm-hmm. um, so you take this uh, oral substance called DMSA, as long as you're not sulfur sensitive, and basically it helps to pull mercury out mm-hmm. and then you kind of measure it in your urine. Yeah. One thing I want to say around tests though is, as a general rule of thumb, my advice for most people is, you know what, change your diet first, do the <laughs> core supplements first, Improve your sleep first. Exercise effectively and efficiently first. Then see how you feel, and then maybe invest in there because sometimes, sometimes people use testing to prolong the inevitable. They're going to have to change right. the diet. So it, it's just if if budget is is an issue for you, mm-hmm. you know my recommendation is get on the core supplements. You yeah. know your multivitamin, your uh, you know your krill oil, your vitamin it, D. It, there's your a bulletproof list of others. There's this, a big yeah. bulletproof list. Get on that. Get on the fundamentals of the bulletproof diet. You know. Uh, start dealing with your stress, you know, cut it coherence training, whatever it is you you
1: choose to do, and then see how you feel, and then maybe get your baseline. Uh, The baseline is important. The other blood test that you're not going to get from here is the food sensitivity panel. And there's a list of suspect foods on the Bulletproof Diet, and most people have no idea that they have something that's making them weak in their diet. So you cut out everything that's likely just for two weeks, and this is described in the Bulletproof Diet book like in, in good detail. It's not that hard to do. Instead of selectively eliminate just this, then just that. It's like, no, just get rid of everything. For two weeks, you're gonna eat like fat, meat, and veggies. Like Life is tough, right? And you do that, and then you feel amazing, and then you Mm -hmm. eat a bunch of crap, and you feel like crap, and you realize, okay, there was something. But it's a process of elimination, or you just get the blood test. And you're like, Mm. oh, it turns out I am sensitive to that. Now that I know, I can just take that out and see how it does. So I think that's around 300, 400 bucks. But man, yeah, it, it, it saves is. you some time, and you're going to like not feel crappy yeah, if you're feeling crappy. Yeah, that's the IgG
2: blood test. Listen, there's a lot of controversy around it, but you know what it comes down to is this: is that I find that if people are willing to do that test, yeah, it may be controversial in terms of its accuracy, but often it's accurate. I.e., you know something very unexpected comes up, and they take it out of their diet. It could be eggs, it could be dairy, whatever it is, um, and they
1: feel. So much better. It's like, oh my goodness! Clinical outcomes versus controversy—like, shocking. Some yeah, of the most effective yeah. things are controversial because they're too effective. Yeah. right. I, I love too effective. Like, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, awesome. Let's move on to the next one. Okay,
2: so this is from uh, Arnold uh, Jess, age 62. I'm struggling with uh, numular eczema. Um, Dermatology doctor keeps hitting me with creams. It seems, uh, it seems to laugh at them. Sunlight does seem to help. I've been bulletproof since September. I've lost 23 pounds. Been trying to hack from the inside. Do you have recommendations?
1: So I'm familiar with most forms of eczema. I don't know the specifics of numular eczema. Yeah, so let, let me, yeah, let so, me explain so you, that. You need to take that. but I can talk about some general autoimmunity cool. techniques, but you go through the medical explanation yeah. of this.
2: I love talking about eczema and skin inflammation yeah. because it, it is such a hackable condition. I've got some right back here. just kidding. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Later. Uh, so numular eczema or discoid eczema, classically you get these kind of coin-shaped lesions on your arms, your legs. They can be itchy. They can ooze. You can get them on uh, on your body. And really, any time you have skin inflammation, your head's got to go to inflammation, generalized inflammation, gut health, leaky gut syndrome, and dysbiosis, which is basically bad bacteria growing in the gut. Yes. Okay. So, so when you look at that kind of principle, you, you know, the first thing you do is you got to clean up your diet. you got to come off sugar, you know, dairy, gluten, come off that, the kind of usual kind of suspects. Um, you got to treat any dysbiosis. If you have bloating… Uh, loose stools, diarrhea, constipation. You may have to treat yeast the yeast overgrowth. And there may be parasites there. Some you get some gut uh, testing uh, done. Um, taking anti-inflammatories, uh, natural anti-inflammatories are really important. Probiotics to improve uh, gut health, really important. S- skin health supplements, vitamin D3, vitamin C, A, kind of krill oil, zinc, really hugely yep. important testing for food sensitivity yeah, collagen well this is the, <laughs> the big thing so collagen is hugely important so you know you know i put collagen and coffee and in, in the, smoothies The upgraded collagen right yeah, yeah the upgraded collagen and why is well because you know collagen is the number one protein in the body and it provides the structure for the skin and for the bones I, and
1: I've seen no studies that say collagen does anything to eczema. It doesn't mean there aren't any. I just I have no knowledge of that. Yeah. Um, but the idea of giving your body the building blocks to grow healthy skin is fundamental to whatever That's you it. do. And hydration in the skin is influenced by collagen, which Absolutely. is important, right? Yeah,
2: because okay. you look at eczema, it's basically dehydrated skin. And so, so from, from a functional perspective, you want to be increasing um, hydration through the collagen... You want to be making sure you're having enough clean fluids as well. Not your chlorinated tap water. It's got to be filtered or reverse osmosis with you know electrolytes put back mm-hmm. into it. That's hugely important. But I tend to find a lot of people with eczema is that like they clean up the diet, they come off the sugar, they treat the gut flora imbalance, um, and they stay away from alcohol, particularly anything that stresses the liver. You know, and you use virgin coconut oil directly on the uh, on the eczema. All of those are Pretty, are really the foundations for improving skin health.
1: Now, the other thing that didn't come up in that list is, what about food allergies? So many people with eczema are reacting to eggs. Yeah. Like, so it seems like eggs are even yeah, a bigger yeah. trigger than you think. It could be yeah. grains, it, it could be uh, you know, prunes. It, it yeah. could be an outlier, but really, yeah. eggs... Corn and corn is most vitamin C is made from corn. If you're super sensitive to corn and you don't know it, it you could be eczema because of your vitamin C capsules. It's highly unlikely, mm. but like, yeah. like corn is omnipresent. Even if mm. you're on the bulletproof diet, there's probably a yeah. little bit of corn in something, and it's probably not a bad thing. Mm. Like if there's a small amount of non-GMO corn starch, you're not getting mm. much corn protein from that. And for the vast majority of people, no big deal. Yeah. There's even like structured corn starch that has benefits for you mm. as long as you're not allergic to corn. Yep. So. Those things, though, if you are one of the corn people, then you've got that thing on your leg or whatever. And that blood allergy panel could be really beneficial. It can really, you know, yeah. in the case of eczema, it's almost like, you know,
2: if you can afford it yeah. and prioritize it, do the panel because, yeah. you know, gluten basically the ones I see most often gluten, dairy, definitely eggs. Mm -hmm. And and egg shows up kind of all the time. But here's the thing is like, just because you're sensitive to something doesn't mean you're going to be sensitive to it for the rest of your Mm -hmm. life. Because as you improve your diet, as you um, restore health to the gut and the integrity of the gut system, then actually you can reintroduce certain foods again. As a general rule of thumb, I say, stay away from gluten, period. Um, But, you know, eggs you can reintroduce kind of gradually and so on and so forth. But, you know, doing that food sensitivity test is a really smart move. Because it's pretty miserable living with eczema. It can definitely impact your, your self-esteem,
1: your, your mood, your quality of life, even your sleep. So that's, uh, that's a big thing. Uh, in order to be able to just go out there and say, All right, I'm going to get a blood, a blood test and I'm going to see if my immune system is responding to something. Yeah. If you have general inflammation, you don't know what the source is. Um, the other thing to look out for eczema is water-damaged buildings. Check out moldymovie.com. The number of people who get serious skin conditions when they live in a moldy Mm -hmm. environment, uh, it's incredible. When I was a kid, I lived in a basement that had water damage. In fact, it contributed to my obesity that was not responding to caloric restriction and excessive exercise. Funny, a lot of obesity doesn't respond to those things. We're figuring Mm -hmm. that out. And I used to have these rashes all over my legs and arms, Mm -hmm. and they were just persistent. They were caused by environmental factors Mm -hmm. that were outside my body, and it wasn't about food. Mm. so for something that's like big. something like that you gotta pay attention to other sources of inflammation you gotta think yeah I think actually look around in your environment
2: Is like you know am I allergic to dust there's a lot of dust in my environment am I in a overheated environment all the time you yeah. know most of us don't need our um, room temperature to be much above 18 degrees centigrade I think it's like I don't know, uh, 65 degrees Fahrenheit or something um, uh, we need to be hydrating from within the mole thing is big Is like and and that's what well, I say to anyone with any significant health issue, take the role of the detective. Yep. It's your job, predominantly, but ideally working with a health professional knows what they're talking about, to work out what is contributing to this. And normally it's a combination of stuff which it means it's like it could be mold it could be dust allergies it could be food sensitivities and then combined with leaky gut syndrome combined yeah. with impaired detoxification in the liver combined with some you know some unhealthy bacteria in the gut that you know with a hot environment you know and you you know have long showers and that dehydrates the skin it just tips the balance over and so sometimes you just need to identify a couple of these areas pay attention and clean them up and you know what the body heals itself the body has this innate drive towards health
1: and healing and recovery. It's kind of funny. I really had an internal debate when I was developing the Bulletproof Diet infographic and if, if you haven't downloaded this thing and you've been listening to Bulletproof Radio for a while, you know, shame on you. It's free. It's one page. You print it out. Uh, we'll send it to you from the Bulletproof store as well. You put it on your fridge and it tells you, like, these foods are Bulletproof, these foods are suspect, and these foods are kryptonite. And it tells you, like, when to eat what. And it's one page and, and like, thousands of data points all scrunched down. But I really, I mean, I actually asked a few other people and, and I didn't know what to do because eggs are a superfood. Yeah. Egg yolks will yeah. completely change the quality of your cell membranes. They'll make you more fertile. They'll raise your HDL. They'll make you smarter. They help you insulate your nerves. Uh, they're full of, of vitamins that are hard to get. Like, like they are, as if anything on earth is a superfood, it's an egg yolk. Okay. But it's also one of like the top five allergens. Yeah, that's right. And so I'm like, do I put it in the bulletproof? Because it's so high on the micronutrient and on the especially mm. the fatty acid mm. side. Uh, or do I put it in the suspect foods? Yeah. But then I'd have a lot of people who should be eating eggs who would, I don't want to eat suspect foods right now. Mm. So I ended up putting them in the the bottom Mm. of the Bulletproof category because it's Mm. a spectrum. Mm. But I don't know if there ever was the right answer there. But Mm. if you're having issues, you could try eliminating eggs for a week or two and then add them back in in a giant omelet. And if you feel like an absolute zombie and get inflamed the next day, then maybe you should do a blood test or maybe you should just stay off eggs for a couple months and see what happens.
2: So, you know, in the spirit of biohacking, you self-experiment and, you know, the Bulletproof diet provides a template and guidelines and principles Mm -hmm and then it's your responsibility. And we encourage you to do this, to personalize it, play with it. You gotta work out what works for you. Yeah, you, Okay. you do. Good question. All right, let's do the next one. Okay, so um, so this is Mike from Spire, who recorded a message. Hey Dave, Mike Alavi here with Spire. Um, give us some of your thoughts on how important the breath is and breathing naturally.
1: So Spire's this cool little thing that you clip on on your belt that measures your respiration and just how much you breathe. And when I was CTO of Basis, the wristband company that gets a heart rate from your wrist, I really wanted to get heart rate variability from the wrist, which they ended up never engineering into the device, which I always thought was a huge bummer. Um, But that idea was that, well, you can use heart rate variability to tell respiration. And heart rate variability is a major sign of whether you're in fight or flight stress mode versus parasympathetic rest and recover mode, which means you can change your breath to change your heart rate variability, or you can change your heart rate variability and change mm-hmm. your breath, but they're linked. So becoming more conscious of your breath can can really make a difference in the quality of your thinking. It can increase the amount of alpha waves in your brain, and it's it, it's, it's a huge thing, and most people aren't very conscious of it. So I, I, really, I actually wore the Spire sensor for about three months. I thought, like, like, this is really cool. And Mike, since you're from Spire, I'm going to tell you, I really wish you had better data logging to last longer because for some reason it wouldn't always send the data to my phone. And I'm like, I, I want, like, 24-hour or at least um, all, uh, all day long. Like, I don't want to think about it. And I kept, like, only getting five hours of data. I'm like, man, I've been breathing for, like, 12 hours, and I want, I want all my data so I found if I was working on my breathing, I wore my Spire quite a lot. But I wanted an unconscious monitor that I could just leave on all the time. Mm. And it's not, it wasn't there yet, but I haven't tried the new version. So I'm happy to try it. I think there's huge hope there. And this may be much easier to get than heart rate. So as a biohacking device, I, I love this. And as a, a way to get into the body, I love it. You should hear the last interview with Mark and me where we talked about breathing for like 20 minutes. Uh, we'll put a link on the YouTube video to the show notes for that one as well. Yeah, let's do that. Mark, what do you think? Like, we don't want to go too long into this because we have other questions. Yeah, in the last podcast, we
2: talked a lot because uh, just to summarize it, I'm coming to believe that conscious breath control is is essential and integral to performance and energy and health. And, and, you know, I'm not saying not understand that unestatedly. I'm just realizing it's like it's at the heart of – um, if you want to regulate your, emotion, your emotional state and your psychological state and your capacity to be alert and attentive, mm-hmm. you just energize your breath. If you want to be able to relax yourself because you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, you can just work with your breath. And,
1: and the last podcast, we, you know, we, we, we talked about how exercise. to do that. In fact, I'll, I'll talk about one more breath. We'll just throw out some kind of fun ones. Um, breathing too slowly it is actually an issue. If yeah. you do this a lot, that's, that's, there's a comfortable tension between breathing too much and breathing too little. So this, if you do this all the time, you'll be breathing too, too slowly, but it's a really good stress reducer, and it also teaches your body to calm down. It's called the one-minute breath. And so uh, what you do is you breathe in really, really slowly for about 25 seconds, and then you breathe out really, really slowly for about 25 seconds, and then you hold your breath empty for 10 seconds. That's one variation. The other one that's simpler is in for 20 Hold for 20, out for 20. And that's the classical one. Most people can't hold their breath empty. You feel like you're yeah. going to die. But yeah. once you've gotten over that, I'm going to die, my lungs are empty, it's actually just fine to have empty lungs for five or ten seconds. Absolutely, But there's a huge panic response that most people get from that, and you need to train that away from yourself. Mm-hmm. Like Your body should not be allowed to go into panic mode when your lungs are empty. For God's mm-hmm. sake, you're not going to die. Right, yeah. <laughs> so this is about yeah. training that inner animal. It's like oh, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. And I'm, Shut up, you're not yeah. gonna die, and if you do, you won't know it. It's okay. <laughs> All right, <laughs> yeah. So you know, kind
2: of the whole idea of um, train to keep your attention on your breath, training your breath. I, I it's an exciting area. Um, I think it's something we'll cover more. Uh, take a look at the other podcast.
1: Okay, cool, cool.
2: Okay, next question from Steph. Hi, Dave. Love your products and podcasts. What do you think about cold brewing coffee versus traditional brewing versus espresso maker? Benefits or drawbacks? I recently started cold brewing and the batch lasts me a couple of weeks. Also have an automatic espresso maker, thanks. This is
1: actually a pretty complex question. So let's talk about cold, well, let's talk about the the three big brewing techniques, but there's kind of sub points for each one of them. First of all, cold brewing, it makes flavorful coffee without the bitter compounds, which is why coffee companies like cold brew coffee. It's easier to do. Uh, the only problem is that some of the bitter compounds are good for you. Mm. <laughs> so uh, we've been experimenting with cold brews at the, and, and ways to, to hack the cold brew to get more good stuff in there uh, at the Bulletproof coffee shop. Because coffee oils, if you do a search for what's in coffee oils and what effects those have on uh, inflammation and gut biome and all, I, I think there's actually a reason you use heat extract of Chinese herbs. You use heat extract. It's not just water extract, it's heat extract. So you're getting less of the stuff out of the coffee. But you know you can make a batch of cold brew, and, and does it last for a couple weeks? Typically, they say it lasts for a couple weeks. I would like to see a little bit more data on that. It's not like, it's not like things go, I'm unspoiled. No, I'm spoiled. Mm-hmm. Very little of nature is that binary. Yeah. So what's going on is I'm not spoiled the yeast mold and microbiological count goes up and up and up and up, and then it goes way up, right? Well, do you want to drink, you know, 13-day-old? No, you, you probably don't. Maybe you do. Maybe it's probably fine. I haven't seen the data yet, but not 14-day-old, because 14-day is the day when you know so, some agency somewhere said 14 days is the number. Uh, how cold was it stored and stuff like that? So if you want to store it for a long time, you know what I do? I toss a little bit of colloidal silver in there. It's not going to change the taste whatsoever, but it's going to make it harder— for things to grow in there. Uh, it, it's not well known, but when you got that that milk from the fresh, raw milkman way back in the day with the milk delivery truck, what a lot of people would do is they would take a silver coin and they drop That's it in right. the bottom of the milk to keep the milk from spoiling as quickly. It didn't stop it, it just slowed it down. So I'd, I'd want to do something like that in my cold brew just at home. I'm not even sure if it's legal to do that in in a in a commercial establishment, because if colloidal silver may not be considered mm. uh, commercially grass or something. Mm. but Uh, that's what I would do at home. So you didn't get the coffee oils, but it lasted a long time and it was convenient. Okay, that's cool. second thing with uh, traditional brewing. Traditional brewing is all over the map. Now, if it's hot water, that's super cool. If it's a paper filter, that's not so cool because the paper filter catches the coffee oils and doesn't allow them into the brew. You actually want the coffee oils. So traditional brewing with a metal filter, just a little gold cone filter, one of the Able laser-punched ones, something like that is is cool. But then you run into the problem of water temperature. Good coffee is made around 200 degrees Fahrenheit. Bad coffee is made around 175 Fahrenheit. Guess what your coffee maker does? Your coffee maker does bad coffee. Because once the water is hot enough to basically push the water up instead of using an actual pump... That happens at 175. So you get coffee that doesn't taste right and isn't very good. The vast majority of coffee in offices and homes is made at the wrong temperature. Mm. So you can buy a, a CAA approved coffee maker. I just posted a review on the Bulletproof YouTube channel of the Cuisinart one, which I have to say I love. I finally, after like 15 years of doing either pour over or French press, I switched to a commercial coffee maker because it uses a metal filter. I put the coffee in, press a button, and then I like put the butter in the blender and talk to my kids, and then the coffee comes out. It, it's it's phenomenal, but it's good coffee every time. So that's what I, I'd recommend. Espresso, I also have a, a really, really nice, uh, semi-commercial-grade espresso machine that I use. And I, I love the thing. It's so nice. With Bulletproof beans, you get this huge amount of crema. Uh, and it's, it's flavorful and rich and complex. And you can absolutely drink that. And you get coffee oils out of the espresso as well. You get a little bit less caffeine that way than you do from the other type of brewing. Uh, but I, I think there's definitely a place for espresso. If you're going to be blending espresso with, uh, with milk, uh, then you're getting a latte and you're getting all the sort of sticking of the coffee polyphenols and antioxidants to the milk molecules. It's just a bad idea. But if you're going to be blending the espresso with butter, you're going to find it's not hot enough to melt the butter. So it doesn't work that well. You have to use an Americano. And then you run into issues with the vast majority of beans where the bitterness will come out more from espresso. Um, I do it just fine with the Bulletproof beans, but it's still a fine art. We engineered the Bulletproof beans. The roast profile is actually, we worked on it with uh, Paul Songer, who's one of the guys who trains the judges for the cup of excellence, like the world's top coffee tasters on earth. We developed the flavor profile to work specifically with butter and brain octane. So that's how we test it and that means that when you pull uh, a shot with our beans it's meant to be with butter. It tastes good that way. But a lot of beans uh, in our testing anyway had very weird off flavors when you when you increase the amount of fat that's in there. So there's a taste reason that you use the bulletproof beans. But there's also uh, in the espresso machine just a, a question of bitter oils coming out if you don't pull the shot just right. So espresso is more complex. The automatic espresso makers you know, it depends. You spend a couple thousand dollars at my work. <laughs> if it's, you know, a $500 automatic espresso maker, most of those don't, uh, they don't have enough atmospheric pressure. I think you want around six atmospheres of pressure to pull it out, right? It gets really geeky from here. That was the the layman's version. Uh, hopefully I didn't bore you in that. But, man, I love coffee. All right, Mark, anything to add from the medicine no, side?
2: Listen, I, I just learned a lot from listening to that. It was very geeky, but I really loved it. It was just, it was great. Good question. Okay. Um, so this is from Bruce. He is age 48. Hi, Dave. Over the last few years, I have been increasingly prone to angry outbursts. The slightest thing sets me off. It's having a ne- negative impact on my relationship
1: Any ideas. Uh, Joe, you should tell your partner to quit pissing you off. Okay. And that's why I'm here to also kind of fill it out a little bit as well. <laughs> um, this is one of those amazing things where, you have enough self-awareness to notice the change, which is phenomenal. And that means that you can change it. It's you're really hosed when your partner tells you there's a change and you tell your partner to go screw off. Because then you're locked. And, and I know a lot of people who are self-sabotaging like that and they're just they're gonna keep doing it until someone leaves them or until they just hit rock bottom or until they say something just so harmful that they just realize, wait a minute, like that wasn't like me, what's happening. So what's going on here, it, it wasn't a sudden I moved from one building to another, like I've got a new house and I turned into an asshole. That's usually an environmental thing like mold. Yours is a, a progressive thing, which makes me think that it's one of two things. It's most likely neurochemical or biological, and that that's worth getting worked, worked on with a, a medicine uh, approach, uh, p- perhaps a brain doctor, certainly a psychiatrist. Uh, Daniel Amen has great books. In fact, Change Your Brain, Change Your Life just got re-released, and if you read that and you see your profile in that book, that is gonna completely change things for you. It's one of the best best books I've ever seen that lays out different behavior profiles with different brain states. Daniel Amen, he's been on the show a couple times, he's in Moldy the movie as well, and his type of technology is called a spec scan. But the other thing is, uh, you're age 48, so you're at that time of life where, (laughs) if there's some kind of stress in life that you never dealt with, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. some sort of buried trauma, it's gonna come out, man, and I wouldn't have believed this uh, when I was 20 or 30 because it, it's just not there yet, but if there's unresolved childhood stuff, all of that goes in before you had an adult brain to tell you that it shouldn't really make any difference. It did make a difference when you were six or five or whatever it was, and if that's still in there and that programming is running subconsciously without your knowledge or permission, without any logical inputs whatsoever, that can come out and that can make you crankier and crankier. And I recommend when I'm working with a client who has stuff like that is there's some personal growth stuff there. Some of the stuff that Bulletproof coaches can actually like help guide you towards the fastest two technologies that I know of to work on that are number one, EMDR. It's a, a neat form of transpersonal psychology where you move your eyes back and forth in a special way that sort of puts you into reprogramming mode for lack of a better word. I've never seen faster progress than I have with that in, in friends, family, uh, and clients. The other thing is neurofeedback. You can use neurofeedback to really get on top of that. And forty years of Zen is a program that I use with very high-end clients. And on the Bulletproof website, you'll see the NeuroOptimal system that also it can really help with emotional regularity, and that's worth checking out as well. The reason it's on the website is that is the most affordable. I think it runs to about thirteen bucks a session type of neurofeedback that's easily accessible at home without going anywhere. So hopefully that's a quick answer. And now we're going to go over to the
2: physician side of things. Yeah. Well, I just want to reinforce what you shared there. You know, one way of looking is when it comes to kind of challenges like anger and depression, anxiety, you look at it from a, is it a biological cause? Is it a psychological yeah. cause? Is it, is it a combination thereof? And, and sometimes it's a combination. I, I think the first thing I, I just really appreciate is the fact that you've written in and said, hey, listen, I have an mm-hmm. issue. That, that's a big thing because you see the human ego is rooted in denial, and blame. And so what that means is like when you have an angry egoic self, everyone else is the problem. <laughs> They're the problem. I'm not the problem. Just leave me alone. And there's not much room there for change. Yeah. And so what I'm seeing here is like a willingness to change. And yeah. that's great because, you know, the way we are matters. How I show mm-hmm. it moment by moment with you, with others, with clients, with my kids, with my wife matters and we get used to being a certain way and like when anger creeps up on up, we progress to get more and more angry with the people around us with the people that we love and ultimately it's not okay because yep. it's a it's a form of emotional and intellectual abuse and trauma it's not okay so i love the fact one is you willing to do something about this i think the first thing is you know what tends to happen is we get this build up of psychic tension inside of us and the way to know if you have that is just simply by to Tune into your body. How tense do you feel? If you feel your muscles at the back and they feel really kind of tense and hard, you're trapping a lot of psychic tension energy in there. So, as a, or, but, or you've been exposed to biotoxins, or you've been yeah, you've been. But that's it, yeah. <laughs> that's the rough one. You don't yeah. know, but if it's you there, if you're going angry. <laughs> you, that's it, because it's trapped energy. Yeah. Yeah. And what happens is when we don't deal with that energy, it shoots up to the head, and that shows up as compulsive thinking. Uh, your mind just will not shut up and you get this periodic discharge of energy so when you're when you're angry and you have these discharges that you this is a form of self-soothing you're discharging the discomfort and the energy you return to feeling better normally drop into guilt because you've just done something or you were aware you're you not proud of but it's not a healthy way of doing it so so one is you've got to take it seriously Second thing is we have to deactivate that sympathetic over arousal. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's a whole bunch of ways you can do that meditation, mindfulness, bio-neurofeedback.
1: Heart rate variability. Heart rate variability.
2: (laughs) Uh, The amino acid L-theanine is really good for just relaxation. If you've been angry for a long period of time, you're going to have some degree of adrenal fatigue. Mm -hmm. So the adrenals, they sit on top of your kidneys, around the back. They basically give you energy and resilience to deal with life's challenges. If you're finding it harder to deal with life, either the littlest things are triggering you,
1: then that means that's a big sign of adrenal fatigue. In, in fact, I would say it's worth a try. Have a half a teaspoon of sea salt in the morning with water, uh, Bruce. Oh, give yeah. that a try. Yeah, that gives your adrenals yeah. a little bit more energy all day long. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's one of the things I recommend. Almost all my clients uh, do that because it, it's such a big thing. It, yeah, it's, it really I is. learned about it. it. It's actually a treatment for adrenal dysfunction but I like preventative adrenal work, not yes. restorative adrenal work. Absolutely, so. yeah. You know, and, you know, and what people find is they're often the
2: salt deficient. So we've, we've gone from one extreme to the other, whereas like we're saying, you've got to cut back on your salt. No, human beings need salt, and they need the ideal amount. If you have adrenal fatigue, you often need more salt. So you take it in the morning, but you may need something like an adaptogen like rhodiola to support your energy. Now, here's the other thing. You need to be discharging that energy in healthy ways. How do you do that? Well, first of all, is you get involved with things you're passionate about. You use that energy that's in your body and you deliver it into work and personal hobbies you're passionate about. Second thing is you need to discharge it through high-intensity exercise. That's a great way of just letting go. Third thing, which is a great hack I've recently learned on a retreat I went on, is a conscious rant. Here's what you do. You get a pillow and you basically scream. You say whatever you need to do. You just let rip. Whatever you want to say about your boss or about your partner or whatever it is, the person who kind of triggered you. Obviously, I didn't do this. Um, I want to know
1: what he said about me. I, I, I'm
2: giving this look. Right? I'll, I'll record it one day. But it will be muffled through the, uh, through the pillow.
0: Um,
2: but this conscious rant, it's like, because often we don't give ourselves permission to be the angry teenager because that's where the anger comes from. So what you do is you rant it into a pillow you do it by yourself, so this doesn't get projected onto anyone else. It discharges it, and it just calms your physiology. It, it, it's a very kind of cool way of doing it. If all of those things don't help, then please work with a skilled professional um, who can kind of, you know, dig a bit deeper. You mentioned about trauma, addictions as well. You know, if yeah. addictions are running wild, then, then that inevitably leads to, uh, to anger issues as well. But I, I, I'm just, hats off to you for, for saying there's an issue here looking out for help, and you said it's affecting your relationships. And really, you know, that's when it affects the people you love most and it's potentially gonna destroy your relationships. Enough's enough. We have to take great courage and, and do what we need to do. And keep in mind,
1: there's, we talked about this a lot in the last one, like if, if this conversation is interesting to to you when you're listening to this, Check out the last time that Mark and I talked a few episodes ago, and our last Q and A, because so we talk a lot about you know, the, the different different personalities that are in the body. I actually look at them as virtual machines because I'm, mm. I'm a geek, and, and there's actually like a consciousness inside you that is not you. It's mm. like your body wanting to do stupid things that you know a, a gorilla or a dog would want to do. And if you read the Bulletproof Diet, I talk about the Labrador brain. A lot of that that anger comes from those survival parts. And if you can work with someone to figure out what triggered that, what programming made that dog into a mean dog versus a nice dog, you can reset it. And it's easier now than it's ever been in all of history, I would say, to reset it. So acknowledging like, oh, I don't have to feel really guilty about that. I'm responsible for it. But it wasn't me. Like it, it was this automatic crap, and I'm just mm. gonna, I'm just gonna clean it up, and and that can lower some of the guilt because guilt actually ties mm. into shame, which prevents you from doing all the work. How do I know this crap? Because I lived it. Like, <laughs> it's not like I was always bulletproof. Like yeah. seriously, that, and, and that's the thing, right? Is like no one shows
2: up bulletproof. Yeah. You have to work it. You have to work through your stuff. I've worked through my anger stuff. I worked yeah. through my depression. You, you you're, just... you're still
1: working on the anger, Mark. I mean,
2: <laughs> if, if you see, I mean, this is
1: one very angry man. Okay. <laughs>
2: just kidding about as calm as they get you are Um, but actually you know what just one thing that came to mind if if you're listening to this and you notice that you consistently emotionally overreact to stuff then that's a big sign that you have stored anger and energy inside of you because anytime we emotionally overreact, that's pointing towards the past living Mm -hmm. on inside of our body and that's about the past and working with a skilled therapist you know I've been working with a therapist for for ten years now, and I tell you what—it's been one of the greatest blessings to me. Because we are creatures of self-denial, it's very hard for us to see a lot of things that other people can see so clearly in us. And if you will, if you're with an empathic, but an empathic therapist, but someone who's willing to point out that stuff and teach you new skills and affirm you um, and make sense of why you feel the way you do, that can be transforming because we transform through relationship. And so surrounding yourself with someone who really gets you, supports you through this, you know, I wish that for you and I wish that for your family. Well said. Let's do our next question. Okay. So um, okay, so we have a video question from Joe Beth from Sweetwater Health.
0: Hi Dave, how are you? This is Joe Beth Dow from Sweetwater Health. And I'm wondering how you've applied the information you've learned from your HRV to your program.
1: Hey, Joe, Beth. Uh, good to hear from you. Uh, Bulletproof partnered with Sweetwater several years ago. So when you look at our stress detective and our food detective, the, the free app that helps you figure out when you're responding with an allergic response or a sensitivity response to something that you eat, uh, is based on Sweetwater software, which, which is really cool. So I've used HRV so extensively that like, I can tell. Well, I'm in a state of low coherence. Mm. Like you, you can feel it, I imagine you can as well. Yeah, because
2: like, you just feel like the sense of inner ease, your presence,
1: yeah. your alert. You know, like something just messed with me. And, and when you do the the training, or if you wear a stress detective with the heart rate uh, heart rate monitor, if you wear that regularly, uh, what you find is you're looking at your your iPad or your, your phone and you're like, oh, my body's going into that stress mode right now. And oh, there is a felt sense of stress. It's just not labeled. Like there's all this stuff going on in your body right now and you probably don't know what any of it is because there's no way to really know. And we're like, well, that's that one's stress, because the computer told you that. Okay, now I feel when that goes off. So the biggest thing I've done with heart rate variability is I've learned what it feels like to be in a state of low coherence. Mm. And I've learned how to put myself in a state of high coherence. So every time I go into low coherence, I go, why? This is my internal Very event good. correlation engine. I'm correlating events. Let's see, I walked into this place, I don't feel good. Or, whoa, that's weird. Or this person walked into my presence and I'm just feeling a sense of unease that wasn't there before, right? It could be that they look like someone who, like, I beat me up in first grade. I have no idea. Probably mm-hmm. not. I've dealt with all that drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have that programming anymore. Yeah. At least I don't think I do. But there could be some <laughs> nuances. Uh, but uh, it, it could also be, like, something in, entirely different. Like, yeah. you know, maybe they're wearing a scent that reminds me of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'm allergic to something that, mm-hmm. that that's going on there. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. But I know that something triggered it. Mm-hmm. And it's that something's not right. Mm. Heart variability made me much more aware, much more quickly when something isn't right, because your heart variability changes before an earthquake. Like, mm. like this is our mm. innate sense of warning mm. that's here. So, heart variability—once you learn it—you can apply it every day with and without the technology.
2: Yeah, you know, it's kind of—it's been a change for me as well. You know, it kind of just increases this um, bodily self-awareness. You know, the body is a barometer; it's constantly feeding back to us information. It's feeding back information about our internal state and our external environment and how that environment's impacting on us. And so what happens is that you start to really notice, wow, I feel really out of sorts here. And then the process you described there is you then reflect on, I wonder what's causing that, as opposed to just unconsciously be stressed, intense, and do nothing about it. So as you train to be in a coherent place, and to be coherent means to be present, relaxed on the inside, attentive and engage on the outside it's a high performance state mm-hmm. high performance is by definition a coherent state and what it does it provides you with choice because now i have this awareness and information i can make decisions i can make a choice whether i can make a choice about being with this person i can make a choice about removing myself from this environment or i can learn about wow it's like i had that meal which looked amazing and great but you know what I can't think properly. I've got this kind of mental static going on, this brain fog going on. I wonder what it was that was in that. And you start this process of inquiry and then you learn from that and then you evolve and then you just start to manage your biology much more skillfully, which ultimately is what biohacking is about. Mm -hmm. So yeah, good question.
1: All right, let's move on to Megan.
2: Megan, age 21. Hi, Dave. I've had chronic Lyme disease and mold toxicity for over two years now. I went to a clinic in Florida to be treated for these conditions, was given 19 intravenous bags of levoquin, which is an antibiotic. I was on NCAA, oh, I was an NCAA Division I soccer player prior to this. I was not told to stop my workout routine whilst on Levoquin, the antibiotic. This resulted in severe tendon damage, which is one of the side effects, ended my soccer career. I listened to your podcast about fluoroquinolones, which is the type of antibiotic the state is referring to. I am intrigued by your mention of administrating ozone yourself over the course of 18 months. What ozone generator do you have? How did you administer it yourself? How do I go about it? Thanks so much. I'm a big fan. So
1: Bulletproof Radio is less about uh, chronic disease and and stuff like that, where, like, there's lots of, like, like, specialized things about Lyme disease and toxic mold, I find that probably, geez, I, a substantial portion of people, I don't know that I have a good percentage to throw out there, mm-hmm. uh, who are, are really into performing well, magically don't always perform well all the time. Mm-hmm. And there's some consistent reasons for this. Mm-hmm. Like, like one of the things I talk about a lot, is, is that with Helen Erlin on the show a couple times, visual stress, affects high performers, affects pro-athletes, affects CEOs, affects everyone else. 48% of people have that one, right? Oh, and it's amplified by mold and Lyme. If you have those, you're gonna have visual stress. In fact, it's predictive that you've been exposed to biotoxin. Mm. At least one in four people have genes that make them susceptible, more susceptible to toxic mold. Everyone is susceptible to toxic mold, and at least one in two houses has toxic mold. Lyme disease is sweeping the country, right? So these affect everyone from all different walks of life. And quite often, I get these, these coaching calls where it's like, Dave, you know, I'm a semi-pro athlete. Dave, I'm a CEO. And then I just hit the wall, and everything sucks, mm-hmm. right? And like, I my brain fog. I never had it before. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, maybe you're just getting old. You're right. It's mm-hmm. not how you get old. What's mm-hmm. going on here is something messed with you. You ran into kryptonite that wasn't labeled, and that's mm-hmm. not cool. Like, your, mm-hmm. your native state is Superman. Mm-hmm. And... Okay, some things can make you even more super, and we have such an obsessive focus on those as a culture that we forget to look for the things that make you weak. And that's why Bulletproof Diet, eat the right macros, lots of fat, the right kinds of fat. Stop doing stuff that makes you weak, because that's easier than just doing things that make you strong. And then, of course, avoid the stuff that's really, really bad, like the kryptonite things. So what you have, Megan, is really unfortunate, because you had toxic mold exposure from a water-damaged building, most likely. And if you have chronic Lyme disease, that's okay. It means you had mold exposure. I don't believe people ever get chronic Lyme disease without first having toxic mold exposure. I lived in toxic moldy buildings. I had chronic Lyme disease for at least 10 years that was diagnosed with all the appropriate Western blot things. And my wife and I ran a lab testing company where we double confirmed that I had Lyme disease. In fact, it was active and it was the North American, not the European strain. So... You can get over that stuff. What sucks for you is that you got given a really toxic antibiotic that contains a lot of fluorine, this highly reactive chemical that's also in fluoride, by the way. And there was an episode recently of Bulletproof Radio where we talked about how these kind of antibiotics, which are a new kind, are seriously messing with people. One of the big side effects is tendon damage. Ouch. So what's going on now is you want to do ozone. And this is why your question made it onto the list. Because ozone therapy is something that doesn't apply to people who've been as foobarred as you. I was probably just about as screwed up, although I only have knee problems, not tendon problems. So if I can get to the state where I am now, just about anyone can. Because if you use half the techniques I did, like you're, you're going you're gonna to be able to kick way more ass than I do. And also, you're young, you're only 21. So mm-hmm. like, pff, you're, you're, you're going to heal way faster. Mm-hmm. So here's the deal with ozone. Everyone can benefit from ozone therapy. What you do with ozone is... The gold standard is you, you introduce it intravenously, and they pull some of your blood out. They mix it with ozone. They put it back in, and it supercharges your immune system. It turns off inflammation, and the main mechanism of action, whether you do it intravenously or the other ways I'm going to tell you about in a minute, is it changes the ratio of NAD plus to NADH in your mitochondria. This is called your Krebs cycle. It's how you make the energy that makes you who you are. You run out of ATP, you die. You have six seconds of ATP in your body right now. You stop making it, you die. And if you can make it slightly more efficiently, slightly better, you age less, you have less risk of cancer, and you heal faster, you feel better, you have more energy, you think better, and you're more of who you are. These are the electrons that you make from ATP are the foundational thing that allows you to do personal growth work, allows you to pick up your groceries, allows you to take your next bite. Like, it's fundamental to being a human or being a biological life form that's not a plant because they use chlorophyll, different animals. So if you move around, pretty much you have ATP and you've gotta have electrons. What ozone's doing is it's changing that ratio of NAD to NADH. What other substances change the ratio of NAD to NADH? Well, upgraded aging on the Bulletproof website and Unfair Advantage, Uh, (laughs) the ingredients in those, um, there are multiple studies looking at mitochondrial function and that specific ratio. And one of the reasons I use those things every day is because I do everything I can to keep my mitochondria running very, very efficiently. And those are part of my strategy for overall mitochondrial health. In your case, what you do with ozone is you're going to also take advantage of some of the antimicrobial things it does. And you're going to take advantage of the fact that ozone stresses the antioxidant enzymes in your cells and makes you grow more of your own antioxidants. You're going to grow more of your own glutathione. You're going to grow more of your own SOD. So how do you do it? You go to a therapist, an ozone doctor, a functional medicine specialist, and they're going to introduce ozone into your body via probably one of these four ways. Intravenous, which is the gold standard, but expensive and painful. You can do it through rectal, which Megan, you're a woman, you have an advantage of a vagina. It works better in the vagina than it does in the rectum. For guys, we get it in the rectum. Uh, or you can also get it into your ears. And you basically have a stethoscope where they blow it in. Your tympanic membrane will allow it into the brain. This works really well for, for brain fog. There's actually another thing in ozone sauna that's much less used that I'm not that big of a fan of, but you can absorb it through your skin. So these are the primary ways you do it. It's expensive, relatively speaking. If you want to do it at home, first you go to a therapist and you learn how to do it right because you can kill yourself with ozone. Don't mess around with needles and ozone at home. Rectal ozone is pretty darn safe, but you can cause a lot of harm. You could basically inflate yourself too much and you could also cause too much oxidative stress. So you got to know the right levels. There's various websites and blogs about this and you're person doing the training ought to answer all of your questions for you. Then longevity resources makes the gold standard thing. Hear the interview with Dr. Robert Rowan, where I talk with him about that specifically. I think there's even a code in that for a discount on it. On top of that, you could also, if you really, really want to go cheap, there's something called E N A L A Y, uh, which is a Chinese brand, about $179 for one of their generators. The problem is it's not calibrated. So you don't know exactly how much ozone you're getting. But if you don't have any money and you're desperate, I'd think about that. But you need to know what you're doing because you can hurt yourself. You can also heal yourself. I did it rectal ozone every night that I was home for 18 months. And it turned my body back on. If you're a high performer who's not sick and you do ozone every couple of weeks, it's probably going to help your performance. That mitochondrial ratio matters for everyone. All right. What did I miss?
2: Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. You got I love it. ozone. Yeah, I okay. can see you're, you're, you know a lot more about ozone than I do. So okay, I, cool. I think we got it.
1: All right. Uh, I think we're good. I think that's it for our show today. We're only a little bit over on time. Look, I appreciate you taking your time to listen here uh, and to ask questions. Go into social media. Go to the Facebook page. Ask us on, on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you like. And we actually have the ability to, to use voicemail. And there's instructions on the website where you can actually just ask a question, which is kind of cool, so we can play it live. We asked. We recorded some of these questions at the Bulletproof Conference. If you like what Dr. Mark and I were talking about, maybe you should think about going to the Bulletproof Coach Training. This is offered several times a year around the globe. There's uh, there's one in the UK. We do it on different coasts in the US. And this is part of my mission to make these ideas. Do more things that make you strong. Do less things that make you weak. And just make make it so there's a lot less struggle. Make things a lot easier. And to help. To help scale the message around Bulletproof much more quickly, it helps to have people who are committed to working with high performers. So we're training now hundreds of people to be Bulletproof coaches where you're actually fully certified. It's a rigorous program where you actually have real knowledge. It's not a Bulletproof diet coaching class. You can read the Bulletproof diet and you can learn how to do that. We talk about food and performance. It's a small part of it. It stacks well with functional medicine. It's it's uh, stacks well with uh, nutrition uh, nutritionist kind of backgrounds or any kind of healing modality, but it's not those it's what it is. It's high performance training for human beings. And it's not just how you can be high performance and grounded. It's how you can help someone else be that because those are different skills. Uh, Mark is the leader of the coaching program. I help to teach all of the classes, but he's our primary teacher. And he's there because he has a functional medicine background and years of teaching and developing personal transformation work as well. So as a team, I think we've, we've made a, a program like no other. It's awesome. You go to Bulletproof Coach or BulletproofCoaching.com. Which one is it?
2: Uh, yeah, so actually
1: BulletproofTrainingInstitute.com. There you go, <laughs> BulletproofTrainingInstitute.com. And it's uh, it's one of those things that's that can be transformative. So now you've seen Mark in action, you've seen me in action. We get into more of this kind of, where personal growth meets biochemistry and how you can work with that in the coach training. And so if, if this appeals, check it out. I would love to spend a couple of days with you helping to transfer this knowledge in a structured way so that you can really uh, have have a tool set that allows you, all right, how do I apply this to myself? And then I'm walking in the room, how do I have the presence to then project myself so people see who and what I am? And then you can see what's going on with them and then you can sit them down and be like, all right, step one, step two, step three, this is, this is how you help other people the most, and that's what I've committed to do is helping other people the most I can, and this program is really near and dear to my heart. So please check it out, bulletpuretraininginstitute.com. And if that's not of interest, go to iTunes and say, dude, I love this show, or something similar to that. Have an mm-hmm. awesome day. Be well.